0: Please turn with me to your own Bibles, to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 19, and I will read that one verse from the New King James Version, as this is the foundational scripture that we will focus our attention and teaching this afternoon. Isaiah chapter 59, and we're going to read one verse. Nineteen. I will give you a few moments to turn to your own Bibles and then we will continue. Isaiah fifty nine and verse nineteen. Are you there? Thank you. So let's read. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Let's read that verse again. So shall they fear the name of the Lord From the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, there are a number of definitions in the dictionary of the word standard, and I'm going to give you just three of them. One of them is recognized excellence or established authority recognized excellence or established authority another is a rule or principle that is used as a basis for judgment a rule or a principle that is used as a basis for judgment and the last one is a flag indicating the presence and authority of a sovereign official. I like this definition because it fits in with our theme. A flag indicating the presence and authority of a, sovereign, of, a of a sovereign official. In times of darkness and great fear, and in times of chaos and confusion, such as the time that we are living in right now, God the Father, through the Spirit, as we read in Isaiah 59, he lifts up a standard against the forces of darkness, indicating that the presence of the Sovereign Lord is among his people, and he fights on their behalf. And this is how we as a church put our enemies to flight. What do we do? We raise the standard. Just like the Lord said in Isaiah 59, 19, the spirit of the Lord within us lifts up a standard against the enemy. So when fear comes in like a flood, what do we do? We lift up the standard. When the destroyer comes and he's threatening to destroy our life, what do we do? We raise the standard. Now, the standard of the Lord is none other than the Lord Jesus himself. It is Christ and him crucified. The standard of the Lord is the living word of God. And so the church is called upon in such times of crisis and great fear to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. We lift up the living word of God and through faith in the word, we put the enemy to flight. We don't have to fight in this battle because the battle is the Lord's. The victory is ours. But we do have to do something, and that something is to lift up the standard of the Lord who is none other than the living word of God. Remember what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 12, and verse 32? He said, When I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus said that. He says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And that's exactly what Isaiah 59 and verse 19 tells us. So I want to bring a word of encouragement to all of us today, because as I sought the Lord during the week asking for the now word of the Lord, it was impressed upon my spirit to bring a word of encouragement, a word of strength to the body of Christ. So no matter how dark the circumstances around us, no matter how bleak and hopeless the situation we may find ourselves in, I don't know what you're going through or someone very close to you might be going through. We need to settle this truth in our hearts and minds, that God's standard and God's promises, which are given to us in Christ Jesus, are far greater than all the forces of darkness. And we have to settle that in our hearts and in our minds. There is no weapon that is formed against the believer that will prosper. God said so. And every tongue, he says, or every thought that rises up to condemn you we rise up in the name of the Lord and we judge that thought and that word. Isaiah, in chapter 60 of Isaiah, he prophesied of such days that are upon us when he said, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord, Thank God for that but. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you and the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2 and 3. It is evident that darkness and fear is multiplied by through this evil pandemic that is going on around the, the whole world. But notice what the Word says. He says that in times of great darkness, confusion and fear, the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles or the unbelievers, the sinners, shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising." What a promise that we have from God. In the midst of all this darkness and fear, God declares that his glory rises over the church, the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many are coming to the brightness of our rising. You know, the light always shines brighter when it's darkest, is it not? Praise God forevermore. This should be, I believe, the finest hour of the church when multitudes of people will be saved and make the entrance into the kingdom of God. And in times such as these, the Spirit of God within us highlights or brings into center stage his standard. Promises of comfort, promises of strength, encouragement, provision, and deliverance are brought to remembrance by the Holy Spirit of God. One of those promises that I want to share with you today, which the Spirit of the Lord often lifted up before me, and brought to my remembrance in order to comfort and to encourage me throughout my life in ministry is found in Isaiah chapter 43 in the opening verses of that chapter. So I encourage you to turn there with me, Isaiah chapter 43 verses 1 through 4 and read that from your own Bibles as well. A very encouraging promise from the Lord during times of trial and test. Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to read verse 1 through 4. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. What a wonderful promise we have from God, reminding us whose we are and reminding us constantly, that no matter what we are going through, he is with us in all of the trial, in all of the circumstances, and he is taking us through. He said, when you walk through the rivers, they will not overflow you. Through the fire, you will not be burned. So God's promise to you and I today, and you need to personalize, I have learned that verse of scripture by memory those verses of scripture and i've quoted them many times throughout the years that i have been walking with the lord they brought tremendous comfort and encouragement when my situation seemed hopeless god's promise to you and i is that he will get us through to the other side unharmed and untouched by the fire and the flood. It may not seem like it right now for some of you, but you know what? Faith is believing what is not seeing, and faith is believing what we don't feel. Faith is taking God at his word. If God said, I will take you through to the other side, unharmed and untouched, believe that and give thanks to the Lord. So we need to believe that word. That's the standard the Lord is lifting up in order to encourage and in order to put to flight the enemies of fear and doubt. And we need to give thanks and praise to the one who loved us. He said, I have loved you and the one who redeemed us from the hand of all of our enemies. Now, the Lord confirms that promise in the book of Psalms, In Psalm 66 and verse 12, a very important verse of scripture here. And I want you to find that also and underline it in your own Bible. Psalm 66 and verse 12. In the New King James Version, it says, We went through the fire and through water. Just like Isaiah said, but you brought us out to reach fulfillment i'm going to read that verse again as psalm 66 verse 12. the psalmist is talking to god and he says to him we went through fire and through water but you brought us out to rich fulfillment notice the last part of the verse you brought us out and you didn't just bring us out but you brought us out into rich fulfillment. Hallelujah to the Lord Jesus. Faith takes God at his word and rejoices without any other evidence to support that word. He brought us out into rich fulfillment, not just barely, not dragging our feet, but he blessed us as we came out of whatever trial and whatever test we went through. Now seeing, of course, that we know the end from the beginning, we are at peace. When you know the end result of every trial, of every circumstance, of every uncomfortable situation that you might be going through, when you know the end from the beginning, you know what, you're at peace. You are free from troubled, from being troubled, and you are free from anxiety. So please understand that as long as we are in this world, we are not shielded from trouble or severe trials. But we are promised that the Lord will be there with us, bringing us through it all. And I want to say that again. As long as we are in this world and we have a body of flesh and blood, we will not be shielded from trouble or severe trials. But we are promised that the Lord will be there with us, bringing us through it all. Notice what Psalm 91 and verse 15 says. God is speaking to you And to me, we are his own. We are his people, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And in Psalm 91 verse 15, the Lord says, I will be with you in trouble and I will deliver you and honor you because you love me. That's God's promise, folks. God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. The scripture says, let every man be a lie and let God be true. I will be with you when in trouble. And I will deliver you and honor you. So if God is with us in all of our troubles, we can be assured that he will bring us through to the other side by the power of his presence. And so by faith, we need to personalize his promises When God says, I will deliver him and honor him, I make that my own personal promise from God. He says, Andrea, I will deliver you. I will be with you in trouble. I will honor you. And I say, thank you, Lord. I believe and trust in your word. Amen. So by faith, we must learn to personalize his promises. Make them your own by faith. And place all of our trust in his unfailing words. Speaking of Joseph, the scripture tells us some interesting facts about the life of Joseph. And I want you to turn to Psalms 105, verse 17 through 19. Psalms 105, verse 17 through to 19. I'm going to read these verses from the New Living Translation. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. The Lord tested Joseph's character. You see, what I want to emphasize today is that God did not shield Joseph from trouble and he will not shield you and I from trouble. But God was right there with Joseph and He's right there with you every step of the way. And he was with Joseph until his graduation from the dungeon to the throne of Egypt. You know, Joseph could have been tempted so many times. Where is God? Where are the promises? Where are the dreams, fulfillment that he has given me so many years ago? He could have been tempted to become offended at God, to complain, but we don't read any of those things. Over and over again, we read that Joseph's troubles, in Joseph's troubles, God was with Joseph and he gave him favor. God was with Joseph And he gave him favor. You can read that in Genesis 39, verse 21 and verse 2. He was with him when his brother sold him into slavery. He was with him when he was falsely accused by his master's wife and thrown into prison. God was with Joseph in prison. The scripture says so. And when he was forgotten by the friends that he helped to get out of prison... God was still with him. He didn't forget him. He did not shield him from any of those things that he patiently endured. Joseph learned obedience through the things that he suffered, just like is written for our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience. He didn't bring obedience from heaven. He learned it here on earth by the very things that he suffered. And so Joseph learned obedience, learned submission, learned to honor and praise God in every situation by the things that he suffered. And through obedience and through perseverance, his character was tested and tried and proven that it was worthy of trust and honor and praise. And that's what we get out of it, the lessons that we get out of it. What about the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3, I think, who were thrown into the fiery furnace because of their unwavering faith in God, because they would not bow to the idols of the king and they would not compromise their faith. The Bible says God was with them even when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, right in the midst of the fire, and the fire had no effect on them. You know, some of the trials that we face in life at one time or another are like a flaming fire, threatening to burn, threatening to devour us. In fact, the apostle Peter calls them the fiery trials that we might be going through. God's promise though stands true and faithful when he says that the fire will not burn us. I have learned something. During the time when I was going through a fiery trial, back in the days when we were living in Zimbabwe, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Son, do not fear this trial. Do not fear this fire. The only thing that it will burn are the things which the world has placed upon you. You know, the fire of God will burn every impurity of the flesh and spirit. The fire of God will burn every idol in our lives, every secret love that we may have set up in our hearts. It will burn every desire that is not from the spirit, but from the flesh. But the real you, the spirit man, will not be touched, will not be burned. And it's important for us to know that and to believe that. You will come through the fire, and I believe we will come through this worldwide crisis. The church will emerge purified, tested, and tried, and through it all, you and I will shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation holding fast the word of God, lifting up the standard of God, who is none other than Christ and Him crucified. So as I endeavor to encourage you today to keep the faith and hopefully remove the fear that so often comes to us, like a flood threatening to take all that is dear to us and all that is dear from us. I want us to take another look at the life of one of God's servants who faced more than his share of troubles as he pursued the call of God on his life. And I want us to listen to his testimony as he describes what his life was like here on earth as he endeavored to fulfill the call of God on his life. And we find these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9, 11 and 12. Turn with me, please, in your own device or Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, 11 and 12, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is Paul the Apostle speaking, and he says, We are hard-pressed on every side, he had not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Prosecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. The words he uses to describe his life are interesting to do a study on them. One of those words he used is the word heart pressed. The Greek word or the Greek version for that word says it's the word affliction. He's We are afflicted on every side, thlivometha. The word afflict means to grieve. It means to compress. It also means to be distressed and humiliated. He also uses the words crushed, perplexed, and struck down. Would you like to have some of these in your own life? Hello. (laughs) What a life. I mean, Paul gives us a picture of a life that was filled with trouble and trials. But in all of these, he says, in another place in the New Testament, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What a testimony. Though we are delivered unto death, Paul says, the resurrection life of Jesus has an opportunity to manifest in our mortal bodies. So, the conclusion we draw here is this the more severe the trial, the greater the glory that emanates from it. So, rejoice, praise God, because God is bringing out glory through the severe trial and the severe test you might be going through, whatever that might be. Later on, Paul writes to Timothy and he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. What a testament, even though everyone at some time or another had forsaken Paul, He testifies and he says, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. What a way to describe his deliverance. And he goes on to say, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Notice what he says. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work, not some evil work but from every evil work. And not only that, he's going to preserve me, he says. And that promise belongs to you as well. You will be preserved. You will be delivered, no matter what the trial, what the circumstance, what the flood is that you're experiencing as you walk through this life to fulfill the call of God on your life. You know, for me, this is so encouraging. Because no matter what the devil threw at him, God the Father through Jesus the Son stood with him in the power of the Spirit and brought him through victorious and triumphant. So the promise of deliverance was not just for Paul because he was an apostle. He was a believer first. But, all, but the promise is for all who believe in his name. The scriptures declare that what was written in the past was written to teach and to encourage us. And we read that in Romans 15 and verse 4. The scripture says such things were written in the scriptures long ago to do what? To teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Romans 15 verse 4, reading from the New Living Translation. In conclusion, I want to share one more thought around this subject. All of the people that we have looked at today and drew some encouragement from their lives, from their trials, from the circumstances they found themselves in, had one thing in common. And I want to emphasize that, which helped them not only to endure, but to overcome their trials. And I'm going to share that one thing they had in common. All of them, they did not love their lives unto death or considered their lives precious and worthy of preservation. In other words, their lives were not dear to them. They were willing to die for the cause of Christ. Now listen to what the three Hebrew boys said when the king threatened to throw them into the fiery furnace. This is their testimony. This is such a powerful statement of faith in the living God. And these boys were Old Testament covenant people. They didn't have the covenant that we have today, the far better covenant. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, we read, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need... To answer you in this matter if that is the case our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king but if not let it be known to you O king that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image of which you have set up. What a powerful declaration of faith right in the face of an onslaught. They lifted up their standard and they declared their faith in the living God. And this is what you and I need to do when the enemy comes in like a flood of fear and doubt And he threatens to devour, to steal, to kill and to destroy you or your family or your loved ones. You need to open your mouth and lift up the standard because that is how the Lord wants you to battle the forces of darkness. Lift up the standard, which is the word of God. Declare your faith in God's promises and let God do your fighting. The word will fight on your behalf. You don't need to fight. The word that comes out your mouth with faith will resist the enemy and will put him to flight. Now, the Apostle Paul had the same mindset when he declared the following, and I want you to see that from your own Bible Acts chapter 20, verse 22 through to 24. Paul is speaking here in Acts chapter 20. He's speaking to the church in Ephesus. And in verse 22, he says the following. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You see, these folks, they loved God more than they loved themselves. And I want to stress this, the believer who overcomes is the one who does not consider his life as precious enough to be preserved, but willingly and joyfully lays it down for the cause of Christ. That is the believer who overcomes every test and every trial. The fear of death has lost its power over that believer. In in Revelation 12, verse 11, a very familiar verse of scripture that we often quote, but we don't quote it to the end. This is what the word says, and they overcame him, that is Satan, by the blood of the lamb, And the word of their testimony, many of us stop there, but the scripture does not stop there. And they did not love their lives to the death. And they overcame him. How? By the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb that was shed on the cross, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death to the death. That is the one thing that these folk had in common. There is no greater cause to die for than the cause of Christ. And there is no greater cause to live for than the cause of Christ and his kingdom. Paul the Apostle said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When the fear of death And the fear of loss no longer has dominion over you and I. We become the greatest threat to the kingdom of darkness. We become overcomers in this life. So I'd like to conclude in prayer. And I want to pray a special prayer. That the Lord will deliver you from the fear of death. From the fear of loss from the fear of lack, from the fear of sickness and disease, from the fear of poverty and all sorts of fears that are out there, especially during this time of a great shaking and the great crisis that has come upon all of us. The fear of losing your income, the fear of the loss of a job, the fear, all, all these sorts of fears. And remember, the enemy cannot cannot touch you or do anything to you unless you open the door through fear. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift up our voice today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we raise your standard which is none other than Christ and Him crucified. We humbly ask that you deliver us from the fear of death, the fear of trouble, the fear of crisis, the fear of sickness and disease, as well as from all kinds of fears that lay in wait to control and manipulate your people. The word of God declares that this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his fears. We decree and declare victory in the name of Jesus from every form of fear that seeks to devour and destroy. And we give you praise and thanks that through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, having not loved our lives unto death, we overcome him. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.